Hello there, it's great to see you. You're with MLEX's weekly podcast covering the top stories from the world of regulatory affairs. I'm James Paniki, MLEX's Asia-Pacific Senior Editor. Thank you for downloading and tuning in. We're glad to have you along for the ride. And two very important stories from the world of big tech today. In just under 10 minutes, we'll speak to one of our China reporters about Didi's sudden and dramatic decision to back away from a listing in the US to instead embrace the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. There was no official explanation for the move, but the Chinese vehicle for hire company appears to have read the writing on the wall. But just what did that writing say? Well, as is often the case with our stories, access to data appears to be driving the security agenda here. So lots there for us to tease out with the MLEX China team. First up, though, let's return to Facebook's troubled acquisition of Giphy, the company that produces and gathers GIFs, those pesky pieces of looped video that members of a demographic younger than mine tend to drop at the end of a text message. The deal is now done and dusted, but that's not stopping the UK's antitrust regulator from demanding that it be undone, and other jurisdictions may not be too far behind. But is that even possible? How do you go about unscrambling the eggs? Victoria Ibitoye is a senior MLEX correspondent covering mergers, Brexit and competition from where else? London. And she joins me now. So, Victoria, firstly... Um, could you please remind listeners what this is about, what is Giphy, and why has Facebook or Meta uh, decided to acquire it? Yeah, so Giphy is a, uh, it owns a platform that allows users to search for and share short, looping animated videos, um, usually in a GIF format. And these are usually shared by Instagram or Vine Messages, WhatsApp. And Meta announced that it had acquired Giphy last year, May 2020, and planned to integrate it with its photo sharing app, Instagram. But the deal was actually flagged by the CMA, uh, the Competition Markets Authority in the UK, a month later, um, placed under a freeze order. And what we've seen since is an extremely lengthy investigation, uh, a few stops and starts, And last week, the CMA said that the deal actually raised would give rise to substantial competition concerns and ordered Meta to unwind uh, Giphy. Uh, So the CMA actually found that the deal would uh, reduce competition between social media platforms and uh, potentially remove Giphy as a challenger in the display advertising market. Well, tell me something about the significance of that decision by the CMA Uh, the decision that Meta should in fact unwind this already completed acquisition of Giphy? Uh, So the CMA's decision is quite significant because it is the first time it has prohibited a big tech merger. And at the moment, especially with this deal, it's the first regulator to do so. Um, A couple of other authorities are looking at this merger, uh, Austria, Australia and US, to name a few. So by uh, reaching this decision first, uh, the CMA's in a way sort of sticking its neck out and um, making the uh, yeah the deciding call. Um, so the CMA in the UK at the moment, there's increasing sense of that more needs to be done to regulate big tech and more needs to be done to sort of scrutinise these 
these uh, tech digital sectors. Um, so this decision comes in the context of lots of policy developments happening over here. Uh, next year, we're going to see the formal uh, creation of the Digital Markets Unit. It exists currently, but it's sort of operating in shadow form and it gets the legal status next year, which will mean that companies like Meta and any uh, digital company that's perceived to have strategic market power and uh, entrenched market power is uh, subject to a code of conduct. So this is significant because it kind of sits in that wider um, that wider narrative of what's happening here in the UK. And what were the key uh, sticking points or what were the key concerns raised by the CMA about uh, this acquisition? The CMA raised two concerns. Um, so the first one was that by acquiring Giphy, Meta would be able to deny access to Giphy to other platforms that currently use it. So Snapchat um, uses Giphy and a few of its other social media competitors. Um, So there was concern that they could be limited as a result of this deal. And it was also concerned that um, Facebook, or now Meta, uh, could potentially change the terms on its contract. So for those like using Giphy uh, by requiring them to provide more data in the process. So that was a big concern in the social media side of things. But the CMA also actually identified another concern which was in display advertising, and it essentially said that before the merger, Giphy had, you know, began to dabble in this area. It had launched innovative advertising services and was considering expanding to countries outside the US. Um, so this sort of deal has already got rid of that whole potential avenue for Giphy. So yeah, those were its those were the CMA's two key concerns. Okay, so where does uh, Meta go from here? What options does it have? So Meta has an option to appeal this decision. And they, uh, the company is actually, it's already indicated that it's considering that option. Um, in the UK, uh, we, you companies who were unhappy with a CMA merger decision are able to uh, lodge an appeal at our specialist tribunal, which is the Competition Appeal Tribunal. They typically have about four weeks to do this um, after seeing the CMA's decision. Um, And the bar for appealing decisions is is quite high. So it's a judicial review standard. So you have to kind of show that the CMA's decision was somehow illegal, irrational or procedurally flawed in order to get uh, any sort of change or get it quashed. Well, how good are Meta's chances for appeal? Can it succeed in uh, overturning the CMA's decision? Yeah, it's it's hard to definitively say what their, uh, what Meta Facebook's chances at the moment. Typically, if we were to go by what's happened previously, their chances are quite slim. Only one company has ever managed to, merging company, has ever managed to get a CMA merger decision quashed in its entirety, and that was uh, JD Sports last year. Um, it successfully managed to get the Competition Appeal Tribunal to agree that the CMA had acted irrationally by failing to follow up um, on the impact of COVID-19 on Foot Asylum, which is like a footwear retailer that it acquired and the CMA had decided was anti- the deal was anti-competitive and had to, had to be prevented. Um, but actually, a year later, the decision was sent back to the CMA to redo its investigation. And a year later, it reached the exact same decision. It made the checks that it had to and it found that 
you know, COVID still didn't change things and the deal was still anti-competitive. So it's a big, big hurdle to sort of first to get that quash from the from the courts and to then, you know, when that decision is remitted to get to get the CMA to reach a different a different conclusion. But Meta has raised very unusual concerns during the course of this investigation. So it'll be interesting to see if it does go ahead with the appeal, how the courts react to that. Um, the first concern it's raised, uh, one of the concerns it's raised is that the CMA lacks jurisdiction to review this deal. Uh, the deal wasn't notified. It was called in uh, by the CMA's intelligence unit and it believes that there's no overlap whatsoever in the UK um, in the activities between them and Giphy and the fact that Giphy does not compete in the UK, uh, uh, they believe shows the CMA uh, overstepped its its competencies, its, its jurisdiction in this regard. And the second um, more unusual argument that they've raised is that the CMA withheld really important information from them during the probe. We don't know what this information is. Uh, it, they haven't disclosed it, but they believe that it was fundamental to their uh, decision uh, to everything and uh, and they were put at a disadvantage by not being told that information. So it'd be interesting to see um, whether that amounts to anything. And Victoria, you mentioned in passing earlier on that other regulators around the world are looking at this deal. In particular, Australia was very scathing uh, in its initial assessment of it. So it may well end up uh, following the CMA's lead. But what are the wider implications of this decision? How is it likely to um, to pan out? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think the, the big wider implication of this sort of decision is that it kind of shows how essential it is for competition authorities when they are reviewing a deal like this and they're all looking at it on different timelines to engage with each other and to ensure they're on the same page. Um, We don't know definitive... You're right that Australia has raised concerns and Austria has as well that's also looking at this deal. And the the CMA ordering Facebook to unwind Giphy has implications on everyone else's probe. It essentially means that it makes their their investigation pointless if this merger has already been blocked. Um, so I think the wider implications of this is that it kind of it does sort of show that um, yeah engagement is really important uh, to ensure that the authorities are on the same page um, because if you know if they weren't in this area then it would be be really interesting to see how this decision would stand up um, by ordering Giphy uh, Facebook Meta to divest Giphy um, this decision will undoubtedly have an impact on investigations that are taking place elsewhere so it's something to heed for merging companies um you know it only takes one regulator to prevent a deal and this kind of shows that yeah it, this kind of demonstrates that victoria we'll have to leave it there for today but thank you so much for following this story for us and uh, thank you for speaking to me today great thanks it was really good to speak Victoria Ibitoye, a senior correspondent with MLEX's London team, and Victoria's analysis of the regulatory pushback that has marred this deal is ready for you to check out. Just go to our website, mlexmarketinsight.com, that's M-L-E-X marketinsight.com, 
and click on the News Hub tab for the very best of our reporting and analysis. And there's plenty there for you to read. Of course, subscribers would know that there's a global portfolio of work on the Facebook Giphy deal covering all of the jurisdictions that Victoria has mentioned just now. This is MLEX's weekly podcast. Thank you for staying with us. Okay, so you don't need me to tell you that there's something going on in China when it comes to the regulation of big tech companies, particularly those planning to float on foreign exchanges. MNEX's China team has been covering the suspension of Ant Group's IPO, along with a strong regulatory pushback targeting companies such as Meituan, Didi and others. Indeed, Didi, the ride-hailing app, is proving to be an interesting case study for what is going on at the moment. It's a reminder that the crackdown is closely linked to security concerns over access to data. Our reporters and analysts have been busy understanding what's going on, and one of them is Greater China Chief Correspondent Yonex Lee, and she joins me now from Hong Kong. So, uh, Yonex, remind us first what happened to Didi. Mm-hmm. So, um, Didi, which is a Chinese um, uh, largest ride-hailing app, it got into trouble um, soon after it went public on uh, June 20th in, in New York. Um, there were media reports back then about um, the Chinese government wanted it to delay its IPO, um, but then it still went ahead. And uh, so um, the Chinese regulators um, apparently are irritated a bit by this, that they launched a cybersecurity review about how its data processing activities might affect national security, you know, because it holds a lot of um, commuting details of the general public, which also include, you know, the civil servants. So uh, it has national security implications there. Uh, subsequently, its user, its new user registration was uh, suspended and its apps were pulled from app stores. Okay, so that is what has happened up until now. But just walk us through the most recent developments in the Didi saga. What's happened? Okay, so just recently, which is uh, December the 3rd, um, this, uh, Didi said it has initiated the process of delisting from the New York Stock Exchange and it started preparation for a listing in Hong Kong. And so what's the implication here is that um, so far there hasn't been any official update uh, regarding the review, not from any of the seven government bodies involved in the cybersecurity review. Um, so, you know, the, the, the government entities include the public security, the Ministry of State, State Security, apart from the um, Cybersecurity Administration. So Didi's announcement is a sign that it has ultimately failed to obtain the approval for a U.S. listing. Uh, obviously, the Chinese government is not uh, comfort- comfortable with it. But then um, its listing in Hong Kong is acceptable. And the reason is obvious because Chinese regulators believe the risks are more controllable in Hong Kong, given that uh, they have closer ties with the regulators uh, here in the city. And uh, what's more, we Hong Kong ha- um, has a national security law in place since the middle of last year. Uh, after you know some very fierce anti-government protest in 2019, um, but it still remains to be seen as to whether Didi will face other penalties, um, because there have been reports that the review is not over yet. Mm. Now, is it just pressure from China that would have led to this decision to list in Hong Kong rather than uh, New York, or could there be 
uh, other factors that may uh, cause uh, Didi and other Chinese companies to consider leaving U.S. exchanges? Um, right, uh, the pressures don't just come from China. You know, the uh, the coupling is a two-way street. So at the same time, the U.S. listed Chinese companies they are facing um, tightening controls in the U.S. So most notably, the you know uh, the Holding Foreign Companies Accountable Act, which was signed into law last year by the U.S. It asks foreign companies to share the audit pa- audit papers for U.S. inspection, and if they aren't compliant for three years, then they have to delist from the U.S. exchanges. So in China, there have been concerns that national security uh, might be compromised if the audit papers um, contain massive personal information and important data and they come into the hands of the U.S. government. So the U.S., I mean, the situation has become more pressing um, last week with the U.S. Securities and uh, the SEC, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, saying that it had adopted uh, amendments relating to the act. So companies, they need to submit documents um, saying that they aren't owned or controlled by a government entity in their um, auditor's foreign jurisdiction. So all these pressures are likely to induce Chinese companies to rethink um, what is the best listing destination, even though there hasn't been any explicit call from Beijing asking them to return home. Well, I mean, let's explore that issue. I mean, there hasn't indeed been an explicit call from Beijing asking them to delist from the US. And I suppose an explicit call isn't always needed for a company to understand which way the wind is blowing, right? But what is China's official position? What is uh, Beijing saying about this? So interestingly, that the Chinese Securities Regulator, the Chinese, uh, the China Securities Regulatory Commission, they had a statement out um, this week saying that it's it's always open to companies choosing overseas uh, exchanges and fully respects their rights to choose their listing destination. And they also explained that Chinese uh, recent measures targeting the platform economy aren't directly linked with uh, companies listed overseas. But obviously, this doesn't pacify companies that are already unnerved by the escalating tensions between the, U, uh, between the U.S. and China. And there was an in-house counsel of a U.S.-listed um, Chinese company told us that they haven't received any request asking them to return home, but they admitted that for companies that handle a lot of data, the choice would be, you know, quote, tough and limited. Yes, indeed. So data uh, and the handling of data seems to be key to understanding this. But what should we expect uh, next? I mean, who and what companies are now under the spotlight? Okay. So uh, Chinese digital companies, they are keen to see whether um, if there's anybody that will follow uh, DD's footsteps. Because it's not just DD being subjected to cybersecurity review, but there are a few more. Because soon after the probe over DD was announced, there were three other companies that got scrutinized too. And uh, that was um, uh, three days after the review against DD. The cyber is July 5th, the 5th, that uh, the Cyberspace Administration announced national, national security reviews against Yunmanman, Huo Chebang, and Boss GP. And um, so the operators of the apps, they also went public in the U.S. Uh, before DD. So it will be interesting to see if they ultimately have to decide to delist from, um, from the U.S. and instead uh, go uh, for Hong Kong listing. 
and uh, that means a trend is forming. The repatriation is 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 is, uh, is coming into shape, and then that may spell a piece of good news to the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. And if that trend is developing, Yonex, you'll be the first to work it out. So thank you, <laughs> thank you very much for your work on this story. Thank thanks, you, thanks, James. thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Pleasure. Cheers. Yonex Lee, MLEX's Greater China Chief Correspondent, was speaking to us there from Hong Kong. And her analysis, written with Yang Wan, is titled Diddy's Shift to Hong Kong May Herald Repatriation of Chinese Data-Heavy Companies. And it's ready for you to read and enjoy. Just go to mlexmarketinsight.com. That's mlexmarketinsight, all one word, dot com. And click on the clearly titled News Hub tab where you will find the very best analysis and reporting from Ennex, along with our archive of podcasts. Alas, that's where we'll have to leave today's catch-up. Thank you so much for your company. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast at iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud and Stitcher. I'm James Paniki, and from everyone here at Emlex and LexisNexis, thank you for your company. I'll see you again soon. Bye for now. Bye for now.